Hey guys, this episode of Pop Kitchen is brought to you by Caldera Lab. Now, skincare is important, but so is making a good first impression. So how do you put your best face forward with a good skincare routine? Caldera Lab is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, and they're leading the way in men's skincare. Skincare can often feel like the Wild West for men, where the men can't find the right brand or simply lack knowledge or understanding of it. But luckily, it's easier than ever with Caldera Lab and the Regimen. Guys, inside the Regimen is a bundle, including the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. The Clean Slate starts and ends your day. This face wash leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer that hydrates your skin and absorbs it fast, leaving you with a matte finish so you can start your day confidently. The Good is a clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Caldera Lab is made with top tier ingredients and is a great addition to your daily routine. It takes less than a minute, morning and night. So you can use our exclusive code PULP20, that's P-U-L-P-2-0, to enjoy 20% off of their best products at calderalab.com. That's calderalab.com. You can find more information in the link in our description below. Guys, welcome to this bonus episode of Pop Kitchen. Don't forget, we post full episodes of the show every single Wednesday, but every so often we like to do a little extra conversation. We put in some extra reviews. Today, George, is cinema dying? Is the wow. film business dead? Is it on a slow horrible consolidation spiral towards nothingness. Good Lord. We're going to have a little bit of a conversation today. Okay. Perry writes into the show, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Perry. says, all right, lads, Perry here. Been watching since episode one. Top lads. Great pod. Bosh. That is amazing. <laughs> episode one. Episode one. Someone episode stuck Uno. Yeah, what did we talk about? <laughs> episode, episode one. Uno. We talked about Seinfeld. We talked yep. about Loki. I think White Lotus season one. Yeah, it was, uh, did we talk about Bo Burnham's insight, or was that before? In like when we figure out what the show that was, was our rehearsal recordings. Yes, which people don't know yes. about. Yes, we do. Yeah, we the, did the unreleased four, tapes. We did four. Yeah, did we do demo four? tapes. Yeah, we did four. Figuring out what this episodes, would be. Yeah. And, and then we still then, spent the next like twenty episodes. <laughs> well, you have to, you have to invent on the job, don't you? Perry says I'm writing in to talk about the current state of the movie industry. There's lots of chatter going on about how cinema is dying and how there's no new ip being created everything is a sequel prequel remake slash reimagining etc i do understand the merit in that second point to an extent but my thoughts are a bit more positive on the matter my argument is that we are in a golden age of cinema and have been for a long time and here's why Mm. firstly we have goat directors greatest of all time directors all still alive and making films. Scorsese, Mm -hmm. James Cameron, Mm -hmm. Spielberg, Mm -hmm. Tarantino, Ridley Scott. I think Werner Herzog also deserves a mention here. Then you have the likes of Nolan, Villeneuve, Fincher, Boon Jong-ho, who are in their prime and will go down as GOAT directors. Then there's another level of established directors where whether you like all the films or not, you know you're you're getting a certain level of quality and prestige. Mm. Usually all of their films are something worth watching. There are so many good directors in this this category to name a few. Danny Boyle, Matt Reeves, Guillermo del Toro, Wes Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, Alfonso Cuaron, J.J. Abrams, Alejandro Iñárritu, Edgar Wright, Charlie Kaufman, The Coen Brothers, Darren Aronofsky, Ryan Johnson, Catherine Bigelow, Steve McQueen, Damon Chazelle, Steven Soderbergh, Taika Waititi, The Russo Brothers, Tim Burton, and Spike Lee. I could go on. Very male heavy there. Then, I agree. Then you have the likes of Jordan Peele, 
Ari Aster, mm. Greta Gerwig, Alex Garden, Alex Garland, Robert Eggers, the Safdie brothers, Chloe Zhao, and Gareth Edwards. Mm. These directors aren't new or up and coming anymore, but they still have so much work ahead of them and could mm. genuinely go on to become truly great directors. I even think the Ben Stiller's directorial work will blossom mm. in the future. There's countless other names I haven't mentioned, but I think we are inundated and spoiled by the talent we have out there, not to mention the increasing quality of TV over the last decade or so. There's more films being made today than there have ever been, and I feel so lucky to be alive to consume it all. What are your thoughts? Before we jump in yes, to answer this question. Because that's a big question. A huge question. And I think you and I have sort of dipped into it. We get odd questions about where we think it's going. We've talked a lot about consolidation in cinema and yeah. cinema adapting. I just wanted to, I think the reason we're talking about this conversation is that there has been talk of, I think, this sort of July, June, May period having been slightly sketchy mm. for cinemas, right? And I just want to read some stats of the recent films that have come out and what their opening weekend takes are. So Domestic or worldwide? This will be worldwide. So typically, this isn't true for everyone, but like what we typically deem uh, a film to be regarded as a financial success is if it makes three times its production budget. Three right. times? I thought it used to be double. Consider, I'm talking about big studio, okay, wow. big films, right? <laughs> so it's not enough. So if it makes double, it's done fine. But for it to make, make sure it's considered success, yeah, that's the next thing. Worth, it, worth the time doing it. Yes. Uh, you okay. know, we, we'll get onto this idea that later that, like, if you make a $200 million movie and it makes $400 million, you've you've made that much money more yeah. right versus like if i make a 20 million dollar movie and it makes 80 it's four yeah. times i still only made like that little bit of money versus like the big film yes. even yeah. though it's not like that's way more money to be yeah. making right so for example indiana jones 5 yeah. had a budget of 300 million what Which i saw that and i thought you what Did, like, was that me, visible on screen don't get me wrong big film effects like I when you say three hundred million, I'm thinking Hobbit, Avengers, Avatar. Yeah, I just am like slightly surprised as to like where the money went. That's that a, and also a huge, steep climb for a film that hasn't had a film out, a franchise that hasn't had a film out in fifteen yeah. years. It's not like Indiana Jones is this like solid gold. This yeah. is definitely going to make so would be expected to make $900 million to be considered excess in the first five days. When we say opening weekend, uh, films very rarely, big films very rarely yeah. actually open on a Friday, they open on a Wednesday, or in the case of Mission Impossible, open on a Monday, so they have like their opening weekend. It made only $80 million. So that is that's like really, and, really... And popular. obviously remember that it, the the film will... You, typically, a film performs best in yes. its first week, and the then it diminishes... Week. And very successful films will will have a, a very low diminishing that they'll sustain yeah. their period in cinemas. And it's also worth remembering that films don't get DVD, Blu-ray releases. Yeah. You can buy them digitally a la carte, but that's quite there's yeah. not anywhere near the market that we used to have for that. Um, the Flash cost two hundred million, which I kind of expect. Yeah. It's like a big, it's still up there, but like big special effects heavy um, <laughs> film. Uh, so that one needs to be make that one needs to make six hundred million to be excess. Uh, that's only on 250 million so far. Crikey. So while yes, 200, it has technically covered its production cost, we need to remember that marketing for these yeah. films, especially in the level of Flash, goes into the tens of millions. It needs to be, it needs to be at least double, right? That's yes, this saying. is why we're saying in that territory yeah. is where. So, so that, really, it just gave me earning, earning $50, $50 million more. Spread, is, spread across who? Like, you've seen the credits. Across yeah. all those people, all the producers, Pittons. like pennies, pennies on the dollar. Uh, Elemental, which I talked about in the full episode, cost $200 million 
million dollars to make. Which oh. I'm, I, I don't get me wrong, like beautiful film, and I know these visual effects are very yeah. well done and the effects are very beautiful. But I go, that's a lot of money to make yeah. uh, a, a sort of hundred minute Thank animation. Um, that's only made sorry, that's only made two hundred million dollars. So that would need to make six to be considered a, oh a success. I could go on. I hear the story is similar for the latest Transformers film, a franchise I know you and I are not interested is in. Is that out? Yeah, yeah, I think it's out. Exactly. So oh, like wow. a franchise you and I are not interested in, yeah. but I think typically would be a $200 million film. Yeah. That would, I think they usually make money, especially in, in international markets. Um, Spider-Verse 2, on the other hand, right, cost $100 million to make and is currently on a $650 million wow. taking. So that, we would say, is a success. And I think you and I have had this conversation of like, Guardians had done well, but Ant-Man less so, Doctor yeah. Strange less so, and we're just clearly pointing at the ones that go well hey that one is good yeah <laughs> and yeah. that's a film that isn't and i think the films i mentioned before indiana jones 5 elemental flash even though we're probably the only people on the internet that like the flash yeah. most of the people have not enjoyed those films yes um people have the reaction people have had to those films has been clearly what have people felt about them before going in which is kind of like huh yeah and that why lukewarm lukewarm warm and i think this this brings up the conversation of in, I think in the last, um, in, if you look at the top 20 highest grossing films of all time, I think 16 or 17 of them have come out in the last 10 years. Right. I think 11 years makes it 17. So if we're to look at a pure financial metric, you could say, is cinema dying? Well, clearly not. Look how many yeah. billions, how healthy we, we, we've replaced every top highest grossing film in the last 10 years. Surely financially, the film industry is as healthy as yeah. it ever been. But then you ask lots of people who aren't that connected to film, they would say, I don't see any of the films I like anymore. It seems to be only yeah. superhero films, only superhero films, toy films, big studio films, films that mainly appeal to 14-year-old boys. I'm being very, very cynical, yeah. right? But then you could look at that and go, there are many films that have come out this year that have cost $20 million to make, which are making three, four, five times their budget. So films that are making 80, 90, 100. Why then... Are, we, are the studios not rushing to go, hang on, cancel the $200 million films, let's make a load of interesting, smaller-scale, ideas-based $20 million Because films. 10 small movies is 10 times the risk yes. of one big one. Ten, there's only so many calendars in the year, there's only so many production yeah. teams, there's only so many scripts you want to approve. I mean, look, these are answers we all know. But yeah, this is a conversation we've had, and feel free to jump in, about mm. consolidation in the film industry. I talked all about Tom Cruise and how he sort of created his own brand of big-budget yeah. cinema. I don't feel like the likes of Christopher Nolan... I'm, I'm not going to worry about Christopher Nolan yeah. and Denis Villeneuve. Those guys have clearly were doing it before everyone else was doing it. It's this idea yeah. of, why would I... Let's say, for example, you, you thought Guardians 3 was okay. I yeah. know you really liked it. Let's imagine we came out on our podcast and we say, Guardians 3 is okay. Why would I pay up to £20 to see a film that's kind of okay mm. when I will probably get it for free in inverted commas or included in my streaming service in three, in months. three months? Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, that's what I think the problem is. I think a film particularly, has to be particularly, really, really yes. good. And that, that I think they've lost this sense of urgency over why you should see a film in cinemas. And I think what the rest of the industry has gone is gone, oh, but you see, we shot it on IMAX. And actually, sure. if you don't see it in this way, you're actually not going to see it in the proper way at all. I think that's where the industry's kind of going. I think people, I, I, I don't know if there's any data about this, but I just think people are increasingly distracted and busy in inverted commas mm. as well and there is so much more content out there now not just people not just like tiktok and stuff but i mean like there's so much we talked about map tv and yes you know perry's Great email TV says show. like there's a lot more films than ever being made yes but that means that it is hard that 
even we who love films, sometimes if I miss a film, I'll go, ah, well, at least I know I can catch it. You know, yeah. I don't have to run across town like you had to in the 70s to try and find a... a even for our podcast, like if I miss a film, like I've missed Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah. 2 because I was away. It's not the worst thing in the world yeah. if I catch that in eight weeks' time. The worst thing you have to uh, fight is spoilers. Yeah. Right. Um, in terms of that, we talked about that in purely financial terms. Yes. And, and, and a lot of Perry's point was about the talent that yeah. currently circulates. I think in the that, pool, which we'll broadly speaking, the counter argument to Perry's, which I agree, but Perry, you're absolutely right. When you write, when you list it out of that, although very uh, Anglo centric in your, you know, summary, not incorrect at all. Very good talent there, but we must be at the, you know, the wider world and the talent that's there. Yeah. But like, yeah, um, that's valid. The counter argument to that is that, yes, all those films are being made. But they are a, a the tip of a, of an increasingly shrinking iceberg, mm. and you're having a, a, a whole world of films below the sea level, below the line, that aren't getting made as much anymore. So instead of it being you know one in every five films, it's now one in every ten films. And there are certain things, you I think there there are broadly speaking, uh, less and less avenues and access for filmmakers to get their things made now. Mm. Um, so to get more talent coming up and being invested in. Now, Todd Phillips famously said, I had an idea for a script and I was like, hang on, why don't I just make it a comic book movie? And then you had the Joker. It's really, yeah, that's really interesting. He tells this anecdote about being outside a press screening, for, yeah. Uh, yeah, a test screening for War Dogs. Yeah. And he wanted to make a movie like he did about the set in the 70s and Scorsese Love and Letters stuff. To the King of Comedy. And he saw a big billboard for, I think, Age of Ultron and, or Captain America Civil War. And he was like... But I, but that's where I, that's what we're being advertised. Why don't I just Joker like went to make like critical success, commercial success? Yes, yeah. right. Um, so I think I think but I don't have you know the data or the no, evidence no, to say. But I, th I think the general counter argument is like yes, all that stuff is being made, but that's by established things. And yes, people are filmmakers are coming through, but it's much harder to get seen and get noticed um, unless you're doing it for like an absolute shoestring, like mm. indie budget of like under a mil. And there's that chance you're the guy that makes that film for five million that goes viral and it becomes like of, a paranormal activity, Less than 500,000. Right? You can make yeah. it for something for like $500,000. Yeah. does really well because a runaway up. hit. You then get paid to direct the next Marvel. And a lot of ways, the barriers to entry to make something and to get something seen have gone away. Yeah. Like you can, if you want. Absolutely. That's, that's the, the other count. That, then there's the reverse argument. And people like Scorsese have said this. The access to technology is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Remember I talked about that film that's coming out called The Creator with John David Washington that's shot on a Sony FX3, yeah. which is like, it's like that camera, that camera, that camera, but slightly different. It's like, oh, like, mm. I know that's, we've had loads of team and lighting and nice lenses, but it's like, we, you could technically not have to ask permission from yeah. the studio to make something creative. Like, does that now force the rest of the industry mm. to double down on the cost and go, actually, we only make the biggest movies here to justify why we're in cinema? I think it's, when I think about cinema now, if we get really deep about it, it's more... It's not about whether a cinema is dying. It's almost my when I'm at my most cynical and my most like negative opinion about film. It's like I feel like cinema is almost being forgotten a little bit, and I feel like the general culture's perception of what cinema is has become very blurry. Mm. And you know, when we talk about films in the past, it's a lot clearer. Like you can even yeah. talk when you talk about films like the '90s. Oh yeah, they were released. You know the you know the poster. Yeah, you know the the year date. It was released. It grossed this much. Da 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 da. That was done. And yeah, they did tie-in merchandising and all that stuff. You know, but now, so for example, on the tube here, I was thinking about like The Bodyguard with. Mm. Kevin Costner. I'm like, yeah. that. that's a movie. We all yeah. know the poster. I've never seen it, but like, I know that's a movie that came out, right? But then like, 
the pale blue eye that came yeah. out at the beginning of this Which, year with Christian Bale and totally, Scott Cooper I'd and other interesting. I'd exactly, seen it. that just came and went, and it was okay. I actually thought it was. But quite like, interesting. where does that? I don't hold. Where does it? They're fit? both films, but yeah. I do not hold them as part of the same chronology, almost the Whereas same lineage. Two thousand five, a Christian Bale led uh, uh, murder cold, cold thriller would have yeah. been like right to the top. But it's Why almost like these, not- these films are getting lost in like film history because that didn't come out in a cinema. I almost don't look at it as like a proper film. And I think well, that's what I mean about culturally, we're getting this sort of blurred vision about what an actual film means. Mm. And it's almost like, I don't think it's like, it's, it, well, it's like apathy. It's just this sort of general shrug, unless you're like people like us who really care about it. Mm. I think broadly people are kind of shifting away from it and what that has resulted in is people just go yeah i'll watch it at home like mm-hmm. for me my most like quote-unquote depressed i get about the industry is like when i see and again i'm totally ready to be proved wrong by this because i haven't seen these songs when i see the trailer for blue beetle when i went to see right, yeah. and when i saw i was with talia and we saw the trailer for the marvel the new trailer for the marvels mm-hmm. when we went to go see Ele- elemental talia thought we were watching like a an o2 ad like a sort wow. of like like a Marvel um, tie-in, you know when you know when that happens, like big yeah, studio yeah, yeah, ties yeah, yeah. into like a network provider because she couldn't believe of how weird and informal and just like throwaway and disposable. She she was like, "Is that a Marvel thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, that is is. It's the Marvels. Like it's called the Marvels." And I was like, "Yeah, it's a thing." She's like, "That looks really really bad." Mm. And even someone who's not interested in it yeah. is going, "That looks ropey." That's when I'm like, "God." Yeah. Also, it just feels so disposable. I've had this thought about superhero films. Uh, superhero films, I mean, they get... But ever since Batman versus Superman, I've looked at sometimes the posters of, of films and the Marvels you can include mm-hmm. and Ant-Man, Quantumania, all that stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, that looks like... A cereal box. No, no. It, well, yeah, but it looks like what people who don't know anything about cinema, who don't, who don't go to the cinema... It, mm-hmm. it, it looks like... If I was someone who didn't go to the cinema, I would look at a poster like that and go, yeah, that's why I don't go. Yeah. Even though they knew nothing about it. It's a stereotype. Almost, it's a cliche yeah. of what cinema shouldn't be. And it's actually kind of become... You know, like Back to the Future 2 when it goes into Jaws 19? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we've got Indiana Jones 5. That's what I meant, sorry about yes. what it's, yeah. it's a punchline. And that's where we're at now. So I used to have this interesting comparison where like, I, I sometimes found it quite uh, frustrating when people would make very reductive comments about uh, games and gaming. Mm. And I think because they would see, the only things they were ever to see was at the Super Bowl, they would advertise FIFA, Call of Duty yeah. and Fortnite. And so the only exposure to that was those things, which is like the equivalent of your Marvels and your Transformers. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them, but there are so many amazing stories yeah. being told that you just don't know about because it's not really marketed to you. Now I actually feel I'm making the same arguments for film. People yeah. are going, what should I even see at the moment? It feels like it's just for fourteen-year-old boys. That's Marvel. Yeah. I'm going. No, there's like still really cool stuff coming out. Like a few months ago, I saw this, but yeah. it's, the accessibility is there. And again, I think it's the time thing. If you're not, if someone doesn't, if someone on, like, we consume, we also actually don't need to watch a film to find out if it's good anymore. You used to be quite happy yeah. to go and see something and be like, oh, I guess it was okay, and that was your activity. Now I think people are so quick to listen to podcasts on yeah. it, read reviews, or Google a percentage on a Rotten Tomato yeah. site and go, well, if it's not right near the top why would i spend my time and my money when i have all the content at home yeah and i think um uh, uh, what i will say is that this is very it's very easy when we talk about the top of the industry and the big money makers yeah. you get this kind of feeling of discontent i will i will say that <clears throat> last year when we got press access press access to the london film festival and we yeah. looked at the schedule and not just the heavy big headliners that began every day yeah you looked at the schedule for every day you start to kind of like shake with excitement because you've got it's just filled Film. with films yeah. that you've never heard of from directors you've never heard of featuring talent you've never heard of that have 
managed to transcend the hurdles of how blood it's so hard to make yeah. a film it always has been it always, always has been but like it is so hard to make a film and that's why film festivals are brilliant you look at all the talent assembled and that gets you excited and that reminds you that there is hope it's just mm. that you have to look for it and, 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 and it is right there i also had a point which i've now forgotten i'm oh, sorry on um on perry bishop's last like he sort of categorized the directors in sort of a loose way and in the last the last group he mentioned, he said, Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, Greta Gerwig, Alex Garland, Robert Eggers, the Safdie brothers, Chloe Zhao, and Gareth, Gareth Edwards. And I think he's kind of right. And it's like, these directors aren't necessarily new, but they've got a really promising, hopefully promising body yeah. of work ahead. And I look at, like, Nope from Jordan Peele and how big of a film that was. And like, the quality, I think like what we thought about it was yeah. slightly mixed, but there are so many parts about it we could enjoy. Yeah. But you look at the level of studio backing and the marketing spend yeah. on it and the kind of presence it had in the conversation film at that time. And I think that is actually quite substantial that we got a film yeah. of that vein to be put on a platform that big. Yeah. I think that's cool. I was actually sorry. And, to... Sorry, and a film like uh, Bo is Afraid from Ari Aster coming out and being critically praised what it is and just being absolutely batshit crazy yeah. that it was having a place in cinema is also quite comforting i was actually, sorry not to go back to you or anyone quite hopeful that's hopeful right. note there but no, going please. back to what i was saying about yes when i go to a film festival you, uh, again on the flip side yeah. yes you go to a film festival and yes you see these films and yes you get very excited but then like outside of those niche environments unless you go really hunting for it, unless it's lucky enough to be picked up by movie or every man or picture mm. house entertainment you don't see them. And yeah. like, take that film, take a film like Reality, which you both really liked. Yeah. And that got like a wafer thin release. And yeah. you know, with a very like hot right now star. And yes, we, a hot right now star. And we saw, I, I did see a couple of posters on the underground, but like that, that film now, where is that film now? Yeah. Like, well, I, I, discussion. I, 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 hopefully with a bit of luck, it'll pick up on a stream soon, but Outside it, of our conversation and people listening. But, but yeah. that's it. You have to really, really be paying close attention to know that these films are coming through. And like a, a random example is like um, J, uh, BJ Novak made that film Vengeance last year. And I yeah. saw a post for it. But came and went and I'm struggling to find it unless mm. I rent it. And it's just like you have brilliant films and films that are well-reviewed, but they're just not getting the attention. They're not getting noticed. And they're just sort of falling into this dust pile. And the cycle of information is too quick as well. We're so quick exactly. to move on to the next and thing, then scroll to the next you thing. You might get picked up by a streamer, but then you might sit on the back of a carousel for ages. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we've also got this factor of, which has come up a lot of times, of like, yeah, this is like one of those old films they used to make that's coming out now, like with no hard feelings. And like, oh, right, yeah. I didn't love it. A lot of people actually came back and said they really enjoyed it for what it was. <laughs> yeah. But it, we're having this phenomenon where it's like, oh yeah, the comedies. Like, like is Seth Rogen going to do another stoner comedy? Is he almost like not graduated from that as a personality, yeah. but is he no longer sort of realizing he can get those films to be made? Because I remember when I saw that- well, he's just made a TV series for Apple TV+. Yes, he has, yeah. But I remember when I saw um, The End of the World and I thought it was like a real yeah. escalation of his style of comedy. Yeah. Into this is like the end, big, yeah. yeah. this is the end, yeah. It was like his, his escalation of stoner style comedy, yeah. but like with a big budget, with a big studio, with loads of actors. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it feels like you've lost that sense of, uh, plucky startiness, yes. outsideness, almost like indie uh, yeah, tweeness yeah. to your comedy. I'm not criticizing no. Seth Rogen. I'm like wondering where, where, when Seth Rogen goes, I've got to do something new. What does he think about doing? Yeah. Does does the fact that it's a Seth Rogen film get it made automatically? Like Scorsese can make anything he wants. I'm sure. Well, he's been. Able, I mean, Seth Rogen's diversified and become like a really yeah. perfect producer, isn't he? Yes. But yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, but I don't. I think basically my takeaway is that like. There is hope. 
There's there are always there are always challenges to films. It's always hard to get a film. We're still stage. seeing great films. We are still seeing great films. We just pay close attention. And actually, I think I suppose what I would say to anyone who's having doubt, if you know, obviously it's easy for someone who's a casual film viewer to say, "Oh, cinema is dying." But I would just mm. say to them, not if you actually look for it. If you actually yeah. go searching for it and you're prepared to watch something that's outside of your narrow comfort zone that has been provided by you, mm. provided by the admittedly lack of selection we've seen in the past 10 years try to jump away from the pre-roll youtube ad trailers nothing wrong with them but those are like those kind of films you probably if you're if you're if you're asking yourself this question you're probably not that excited by transformers rise of the beasts yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly (laughs) so there's no wrong with it but um and it's it's hard because you also want to be someone who says uh every film has its place um but it, I may, but I, I'm just thinking maybe also because we've we've inundated with so much content that we haven't, we've not been able to hear the t- different types of content that's been falling away, like the mm. 90 minute romantic comedy. I worry about like we'd sit down and talk about films for two hours every week, and I worry about stuff passing me by. Yes, and that's also, like I still like, I'm yeah. actively as engaged in the film industry as I probably could be. Yeah, the fact that I have another job, like, and I sometimes worry, like, oh my god, am I seeing everything? So I would say cinema. It's not dying. It's not dying. It's there. If it's you, you've just got to, you've just got to work hard to find it. Like all things, otherwise, because in a way, you're you are playing an active role as part of a culture to justify its existence. Yeah. If you don't go to an art gallery and pay admission or pay a donation, why should they stay? You know, they, they eventually close. It's the same thing. You're voting. So, yeah. so if you really are passionate about cinema and 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 don't want to just sit and complain about it, lean in, go find good stuff. And I think the the good thing about that is is that if you are passionate about seeing films in the best way possible the industry is trying to make films in the biggest way possible so yes. like we, we're seeing Oppenheimer we're we'll talking about it next no in two weeks and I'm like I'm really glad that Oppenheimer is existing yeah. and he's able to tell a period drama about science yeah. at scale at scale and it's being like marketed like any uh, comic book film is yeah. and like I said this in my review of um, Mission Impossible like if, if, the, if, the, if the dumb action spy films are dumb but like as good as that and i really had such a good time with it i've no problem with more films trying to do that if they can execute it that well because like we're lucky to get those films Mm. that are that big that are that good because big big is fun big there's nothing wrong with big can be fun but i don't want every film to be top gun maverick no of course well, there you go, guys. I don't, don't, feel well, I, don't know, I don't know what we solved. <laughs> I don't know if we answered that question. And it's it's a question that I just felt like we were getting asked a lot yeah. based on sort of the, the tricky June and May, July yeah. period we were having. A lot of people were like, cinema is dead. It's over. And I sort of wanted to have a conversation and say, it's changing. Some parts yeah. of it are dead. But also, I think there is hope. Yeah. And it's like, there is hope because in a way, like with Indiana Jones 5, like there's been a meh response because people felt meh going into it and yeah. they made a meh film. They probably should have made a different film. Ant-Man Quantumania didn't do very well because it's not a very good film. Yeah. Like, we talked about Guardians 3 was well received and sustained yeah. making money throughout the weeks that it was out. It should just be like, yes, make big films, but make sure they're good. Yes. <laughs> like, like, don't forget, really oh, make sure we good. forgot the good source. And, and it was that, sorry, just before we wrap up, like Matt Damon, which we covered, made that whole spiel about how you can't make Goodwill Hunting, Hunting anymore because Goodwill Hunting didn't need to make money in cinema. It yeah. had the DVD release yeah. and all of those subsequent yeah. things. And for years, it would like catch on and, and make money. And also that's how Shawshank became the film that it is. Oh, yeah, Shawshank yeah. absolutely bombed them when it first came out. Yeah. But actually, it was through word of mouth, through rentals and blockbuster culture. Whereas now that doesn't exist, you cannot afford yeah. to not make money immediately how many shawshanks are we sitting on yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the don't. back of your carousel terrifying how many, how many bottom drawer scripts are just yeah. just waiting 
And on that note, guys, yeah. we will do our best to cover all the best films we can and try and see them and hopefully shine a light on things that are good. Don't forget we post full episodes of Pop Kitchen every single Wednesday. Absolutely. And you know the drill, guys. Post on and follow us on socials, on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, like and subscribe and give us all your support. We really appreciate it. And if it. for some reason this is the first thing you've listened uh, of us, we're actually more fun and, oh, more, God, yeah. and more optimistic. And much and more witty. There's film games and impressions yeah. and we talk about Head over to the main films. episode. You'll see what we're talking about. Uh, go and check that out, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.